Now, our theme for this series, Transformed, comes from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And this week, I want to look at it in the New, the new Living Translation. It says this in the New Living Translation. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. I can sum up what I want to say this morning basically in one sentence. God is far more interested in changing your mind than he is changing your circumstances. God is far more interested in changing your mind than he is changing your circumstances. We want God to change our circumstances. Yes, we're just human. And we go through situations. We want God to immediately change what we're going through, our situation, our circumstances. And, and we say, God, you know, help me, you know, oh, help me overcome this or help me over, overcome that. And we want him to take away our pain. We want him to take away our problems. We want him to take away our, our sorrow and our suffering and, and, our, and our sickness and, 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 our, and our, our, our just our frustrations and our sadness. And God says I am, that those things are so important to me. They're very, very important to me. But I am more interested in what's happening in you, in your mind. Because God can deal with so many of these other things. God can deal with so many circumstances in your life. So many other situations that we find ourselves in, if we can deal with the mind. So God says, I'm more interested in changing your mind than I am changing your circumstances. The last two weeks, we looked at changing our, our spiritual and physical health. How can we become spiritually and physically healthy? This morning, I want to look at how we can become mentally healthy. How do we deal with our, our thoughts? How can, we have a, how can we have a healthy mind? And why is it so important that I manage my mind, that I manage my thought life? Why is it so significant to God that I manage my mind and that I manage my thought life? Let me give you three reasons. Three reasons why this is so important. Because my thoughts control my life. My thoughts control my life. Every action, every action begins with a thought. If you don't think it, you don't do it. That's both good and bad. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, in the today's English version, it says this. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. That is so true. So important that we understand that. Number two. I need to manage my mind because the mind is the battleground for sin. It's the initial battleground for sin in my life. You all know that's true. It all starts right here. It's where I win or lose the battle. You're struggling with something in your mind. Something comes into your mind. Sometimes you don't even know why. It just comes into your mind and that's where the battle begins. You either win or lose right here. Not in your actions. That's the after. That's what happens after. It happens in your mind. That's the battleground. In fact, all temptation, 
All the temptation that you face in your life starts in the mind. If you think about it, the sins of pride or the sins of lust or bitterness or hatred or anger or envy or worry or resentment all start in the mind. They all start in the mind. That's the beginning point of every sin in our lives. And if you can learn how to manage your mind, you have learned how to manage your life. Let me say that again. If you have learned how to manage your mind, you have learned how to manage your life. Because the truth is, whatever gets your attention, gets you. Whatever gets my attention, gets me. Those are just truths that we can't avoid. So we have to control the mind. Number three, we need to manage the mind because it is the key to peace and happiness in our lives. Managing our mind is the key to peace and happiness. And I would say joy and contentment in our lives. It's the key. If you understand this this concept, if you understand this concept, your peace of mind will go go up dramatically. And so will your understanding, your understanding and, 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 your, and your enjoyment, if you will, of life. If you can understand the concepts that we're talking about this morning, your peace of mind will go, go up dramatically. And so will your understanding and your enjoyment of life. This is so important. If you cannot control your mind, if you do not have a healthy mind, I'm telling you, everything else is up for grabs. This is the battle. This is where it starts. And every single one of us know it. Every person in this room is resonating with what I'm saying right now because every person, I don't care if you came to church for the first time in your entire life, this is not a hard concept to grasp. It starts here. The battle starts right here in your mind. So we need to understand this concept. An unmanaged mind brings tension. But a managed mind brings tranquility. An unmanaged mind brings pressure, but a managed mind brings peace. An unmanaged mind brings conflict, and it brings chaos into your life. But a managed mind brings confidence in your life. So we need to manage our minds. We need to learn how to control our minds. Okay. As we continue, I want to look at three choices that you need to make and that I need to make. All of us need to make every single day on a daily basis in order to have a healthy mind. Three things that we need to that we need to own, that we need to understand, that we need to apply to our lives every single day in order for you and I to have a healthy mind. See, a lot of people believe that you can't control your mind. You know, it just, you just, you know, things pop in. And there's no way to control it. My mind is just uncontrollable. But that, my friends, that's not true. That's not true. You can control your mind. As a matter of fact, you're the only one who can control your mind. People can't control your mind. Other people cannot control your mind. Satan can't control your mind. He can pour things in. He can, he can suggest. He can only suggest, but he can't control your mind. And God is not going to control your mind. 
So you're the only one, you're the only one who has the ability to control your mind. So if that's true, and if we want to have a healthy mind, there are three things that we need to do on a daily basis to help us have a healthy mind. Number one, these are the biggies. Number one, I need to feed my mind with truth. That's first. I need to feed my mind with truth. I need to put truth into my mind. When should I do this? The answer is as often as you possibly can. As often as you can. The Bible says we should do it you know, morning, noon, and night. Do it as often as you can. In Psalm 119 and 147, it says this. I rise early to cry out for help. That's prayer. That's what he's doing. That's praying. I rise early to cry out for help. That's prayer. And to put my hope in your word. That's Bible study. To put my hope in your words. So we have prayer and we have studying the word of God. We're pouring in truth into our lives. He says, I start every morning by talking to and listening to God. I start listening to God. I start talking to God through prayer and through reading his word. So I listen every morning and I talk to God every single morning. And I read, I put my hope, I find my hope in your word. How many of us go out every single morning into a, into a tough world? You know, you're, you're thinking, man, this week is going to be really difficult. I have this and I have this and I have this. All these things that you have on your plate. And what, what he's saying here is that I put my hope in your word. You know, don't leave the house without asking God for help. God, come with me to work today. Come with me to school today. Come with me today. I have a hard, I'm going to have a hard time. I need you to walk with me. I'm going to put my hope, I'm going to put my trust in you. God, I'm, 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 I'm speaking to you, I'm asking for these things, and then I want to listen to you. Come with me in my day. Walk with me through my day. Morning, noon, and night. As often as we can, we need to talk to and we need to listen to God. We need to invest the time necessary Because God says, I will be with you every step of the way. We have to take advantage of that. And not allow other thoughts. If we start our day out crying out to God in prayer and listening to God through his word, then all these other thoughts will not have an opportunity to come into our minds as we fill our minds with truth. Students, please, with all of my heart, I want you to to guard your minds when it comes to what you watch and what you read, and what you listen to. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone in this world, anyone, fill your minds with godless thoughts. Don't let anyone, no one has the right, don't give anyone the right to fill your mind with godless thoughts. My goodness, it's hard enough if you're just minding your own business not to have people fill your mind with godless thoughts. I don't care if it's a teacher. I don't care if it's, a, if it's, a, if it's friends Whoever, don't allow anyone to fill your mind with godless thoughts. Don't just sit there if someone's saying something in a classroom and take it at face value. Just for you college students, that professor has spent the last 30 or 40 years of his life saying the same thing over and over again. That's why he sounds so, or she sounds so smart. Okay, and you go, gee, I never, I never heard that before. Maybe that's true. No, maybe it's not true. Don't allow someone to pour those thoughts into your mind. Ask someone else a question. The person says this and it doesn't go along with the biblical worldview. Find someone who can answer that question for you. Don't just allow them. Don't open up your mind and say, well, I'm just going to learn all this stuff. 
Learn it, yes. Understand it, yes. Agree with it, no. Don't allow people to pour things into your mind. I love this quote by Gandhi. I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. It's a good quote. I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Don't you let anyone, I don't care how old you are, don't let anyone walk through your mind with their dirty feet. Protect your mind. Fill your mind with truth. Protect it from what you hear. Protect it from what you see. Protect it from, you know, all those things that are being poured in. Protect yourself. This matters. I'm telling you, it matters on how you're going to live your life. The people you're going to choose to be connected with. How you choose a spouse. How you choose your friends. How you choose a career and how you choose to live out that career. It all comes from what goes in here. And the books that you read, and I'm not saying burn books. I'm saying read them. Read them with a critical mind. Critically, listen, critically evaluate everything that goes in here. You critically evaluate it. Here's the word of God. This is a biblical worldview. Now you critically evaluate anything that goes in here as compared to this. Truth, all truth is God's truth. If it's true, let it in. If it's not true, you block it out. Two, number two, I need to free my mind from destructive thoughts. Now, some of you are a little older here and you have had an undisciplined thought life. Because, not, not because you're a terrible person, whatever. You just never heard this stuff before. You know, you're, you're hanging out with your, maybe even your parents or whatever, and they're teaching you all kinds of stuff and teaching you how to do all kinds of stuff, and it's just a man thing or a woman thing, whatever the case may be, and they're pouring things into you. But some of those thoughts, some of the things that have been poured into you are destructive thoughts. So the second thing I need to do is I need to, I need to protect my mind. I need to protect my mind from destructive thoughts. I need to free my mind from destructive thoughts. Your mind needs to be liberated from those thoughts. Your mind needs to be delivered from those thoughts. Your mind needs to be rescued, if you will, from those thoughts. Your mind needs to be released from those thoughts because you are a prisoner of your own thoughts. For years, and this can be overcome... For years, people, whatever, have poured into your mind. I was talking to um, a doctor out here this morning, and uh, she was saying that everything you said, she said everything you said from a, from a medical standpoint or from a psychological standpoint is true. We teach that, she said. We teach that truth. Because she said, if you can change, now your, your mind is filled with years of all this stuff. She said, if you can change your mind, if you can pour positive things into your mind, if you can pour biblical truth into your mind, if you can try to avoid those destructive thoughts and free yourself from those destructive thoughts with new thoughts, with, new tr- with real truth. She said, over a period of time, your mind will change. You will literally, she said, be transformed. You will become, she said, a different person. If you pour the right things into your mind, you're not stuck with where you are. You may be in prison right now, but you're not stuck with those destructive thoughts. You've got to free your mind from those destructive thoughts. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not easy. The reason it's not easy is because you have three enemies trying to block you from doing what I just described you should do. Three enemies that are trying to stand in your way from becoming a different person, from having a healthy mind. The first enemy is your old nature. You come to Christ, you get a new nature. 
Someone told me a couple weeks ago they were sitting here in service and they asked Christ to come into their lives and, and it was amazing. They felt this, this internal fire inside them. Their life was changed. It was a great, it was just a great illustration of how God can come into your life and transform you. So you get a new nature. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Jesus Christ, you have the power of the resurrection when you come to know Jesus Christ. And you have all that. But at the same time, those old, that old nature doesn't just go away. Those old thoughts, those old habits, those old things, they just don't, they just don't die off. It's very, very difficult. So you have this, the, the, your old nature is an enemy. In Romans chapter 7, verse 23, it says this, But I see another law at work within me. You have the new, the new you, okay, new creation. But he says, But I see another law at work within me, within me waging war against the law of my mind. And may, listen, a war on my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, of sin at work within me. So you've developed some bad habits along the way. Those are difficult to overcome because you have your old nature constantly pulling you back down. Do you ever find yourself doing things that you really don't want to do? You say, well, why would I do something I don't really want to do? You think about it for a second. Process this. You're a Christian. You want to do the right thing. You want to follow Christ, but... All of a sudden, you know, you want to do those things, but you end up doing what you don't want to do. And you're like, why do I keep doing that? How do I keep falling to the same pit? It's your old nature trying to pull you back. Satan has a part of it. Your old nature has a part of it. The culture around you has a part of it. But, you know, you find yourself doing things that you don't want to do. That is the battle. That is the battle of the mind. Your old nature versus your new nature. So you have a desire to change something in your life, but your old nature is, is, is pounding right against you to try to stop that from happening. The second enemy is Satan. That's your second enemy. I mean, constantly there. The enemy is constantly there in your life. Satan wants to control your mind. Satan cannot control your mind, but he still wants to control your mind. And so what you end up doing, what ends up happening is he sends these ideas, these thoughts into your mind. You know, he pours into, the Bible says, he pours into us. So these thoughts come into my mind. Why do you think you're just driving down the road or, or sitting around minding your own business and the thought jumps into your mind? You're watching something that had nothing to do with what the, the thought jumped into your mind. How do you think that happens? Satan is constantly pouring ideas and thoughts into your mind. Now, let me be clear. Satan cannot force you to do anything. Cannot force you to do anything. If you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Satan cannot force you then to do anything. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit lives in you. There's no room for anyone else. Okay? So you fight that, you fight that sin nature, sure, it's a part of your old nature, still kind of, you, you know, the Holy Spirit's kind of in there throwing things, you ever feel like that way, you're throwing things out, the, out your ears kind of thing, and, and reworking the house, rebuilding the house, if you will, we're, build, we're building the temple, if you will, where he dwells. But Satan cannot force you to do anything because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He just constantly drips thoughts into your mind. See, when the devil gives thoughts, puts thoughts into your mind, we call it temptation. When God puts thoughts into our minds, it's called inspiration. So when Satan does it, it's temptation. When God does it, it's inspiration. The third enemy is the world's value system. That's the culture all around us. How many, we've talked about this for months. 
We have this, the, the world's value system, the culture pushing down on us. The world doesn't want to help you become more self-disciplined, my friends. The world does not help you at all become more self-disciplined. That's really what we're talking about here. You can slice it any way you want to. The reality is, if I'm going to control my thoughts, if I'm going to control my mind, I need self-discipline. The world is the enemy of self-discipline. I mean, think, just think about this. Does anything in our society encourage self-discipline? Maybe there's, you can think of a couple of things, but for the most part, not at all. In fact, most of the commercials that we watch, that we listen to, say, Man, you deserve a break today. Have it your way. Right? Sprite, obey your thirst. Right? Obey your thirst. Obey your feelings. Obey what's inside you. Man, if you're thirsty, you drink. If you, if you feel something, if you want something, you just take it. Whatever you feel, whatever is going on inside you, you, you used to think about this. When it, when, no matter what it is, that's what the culture is saying. You just, when Christians step up, the culture tries to slap them back down and say, who are you to tell someone they can't? And you just fill in the blank. Because that's what they feel. That's what they feel. So you have to obey what your feelings tell you, whether it comes to eating, whether it comes to sex, whether it comes to whether it comes to like drinking, whatever. Obey your desires, not God. That's what you're told. Obey what you feel. You don't want to obey God. You obey what you feel. First, John, chapter two, verse 16 says this for everything in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. All of those things are constantly bombarding us. Do not obey God. Do not be self-disciplined. I mean, the thought of you not doing something physically that you feel like doing is outrageous to our culture. The thought of saying, well, I won't do that because I love God more than I love myself. And if God says not to do something, it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I want to experience. If God says, hey, I don't want you to do this, it'll harm you in the long run. It draws you further away from me. It is not helping you become more conformed to the image of my son, Jesus Christ. It's not helping you have a healthy mind, have, being spiritually healthy, being physically healthy. It's not helping you in any of those areas. So I don't want you to do it. The thought of you being obedient to God because you love him the most is completely outrageous to our culture at this point. To say, I won't do something that I feel like doing because I have a personal relationship with God and he trumps everything. I'm telling you, you say that, that doesn't even compute with most people in our culture today and it's getting worse and worse. Everything around you, every commercial, the media, they're not encouraging you to think smart, to think healthy, to think wise. They're encouraging you to do the opposite. So you leave, you leave the confines, if you will, of your, your, your Christ-like circles and you end up hearing constantly, do the opposite of having a smart mind, a healthy mind, and a wise mind. Don't make the wise choice. Do what makes you feel the best. So then how on earth, if you have, you have your old nature, you have Satan, you have, you have the, the values of this world, how the heck do we fight this battle? I mean, how, how do we win this battle? I have another verse for you, and I love this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Here's what it says. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. He's talking about the mental battles that we go through. Listen, 
Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Focus, if you will, on on the, the word strongholds. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Our weapons have divine power, divine power. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish any arguments and every pretension. That's the arguments in your own mind, the pretensions in your own mind that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And here's the important part. We take captive. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. There it is, my friends, in a nutshell. We have, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have the ability to overcome my enemy. I have the ability to overcome whatever was poured into my mind, whether it's short term or a long time ago. I have the ability to overcome that. Notice this language. This is warfare language. He's talking warfare here. He's talking about this battle going on in your mind. It's a mental battle. So he's saying you are, you are fighting a mental battle because it starts in the mind. Then it goes to the actions. If you don't think it, you don't do it. So he said this is a mental battle. He says, we demolish strongholds. What, and if you really, you truly before God want to grow in this area, you want to grow in this area, you'll leave this place sometime this week. You will study this passage even deeper than we're going to go into this morning. I'll give you a good foundation, but if you really want to grow in this area, you study this passage, okay? We demolish strongholds. What is a stronghold? Well, a stronghold is a lie that you believe. A stronghold is any lie that you are choosing to believe. A stronghold can be many, many things. A lie might be, God doesn't love me. You do, Pastor, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the things that I've experienced in my life. God cannot love me. That's a lie. That's a stronghold. That's a lie. Or that I know better. I know best uh, what, what's, what's good for me, how to make me happy in my life. I know better than God what's going to make me happy in my life. That's a lie. That's a stronghold. So you have these strongholds. Another, another lie, I believe, uh, is, is um, you know, I, I'm, never going to, I'm never going to be the, the person that God created me to be because I've done so many other things and I've lost my track, I've lost my way. God can't use me anymore. All of those things. Any lie I believe is called a spiritual stronghold in my life. Any lie that I'm choosing to believe, a stronghold could be a worldly value system. It could be a philosophical system like hedonism. The most important thing in life is that you seek out pleasure. That's the most important thing. Well, I mean, you're all going to die. Everyone's going to die. So we go through this life seeking out pleasure. Hedonism. Another one's materialism. The most important thing in life is to make as much money as possible. There is nothing wrong with making a whole lot of money. But there's something wrong with saying that's the most important thing in life. See, there's a little track there. You can't get off track. That's a lie. That is not true. It could be a personal attitude. A stronghold could be something like, you know what, you brought up all these people and, and, and the lies of the past and all these kinds of things, and I'm never going to forgive the person who, who, who did that to me. That's a stronghold in your life. I'm never going to forgive that person, so therefore, basically, you're bitter and angry toward that person, and they control you, because every time you think about it, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're bitter. They control you. It's like you drinking poison and hoping someone else dies. Right? 
it's a stronghold in your life. Or, I'm never going to forgive myself. That's a stronghold. You don't understand what I've done. I can never forgive myself. That's a stronghold. It's a lie. That's a, you, you, Satan is pointing at you. You know, you can never forgive. If you were a Christian, you'd have never done that. All this kind of stuff. I am never going to amount to anything. That's a lie. That's a stronghold in your life. Someone told a teacher, your parents, a friend, someone told you those lies and you're believing them. It's a, a stronghold. It's a lie that you choose to believe in your life. So I'm never going to amount to anything is a stronghold in your life. It, 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 God says if you're going to learn to be mentally healthy, then you're going to learn how to demolish the strongholds in your life. Behind every sin is some lie that you choose to believe. Behind every sin in your life is a lie that you choose to believe. See, the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies and his desire is to enslave you. The world tells you, Jesus says, basically, let me say this first. Jesus says, I am the truth and the truth will set you free. Satan is the father of lies and his desire, the Bible says, is to enslave you. And Jesus says, no, I'm the truth. The tr- I'm the truth and the truth sets you free. The world says you come to church, they tell you what you can't do. You're enslaved. You can't do anything. Let me explain something to you. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. This is theology. I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. I know I'm a Christian. Nothing I do or anything anyone else can do in this universe can stop me from being with God at the end of my life. Nothing. doesn't matter what I do. What I, what I do and don't do in my life right now, I choose not to do things. I choose not to go out and get wasted all the time when I'm going through a difficult time in my life. I choose that. Not because if I go out and grab a thing of Jack Daniels and suck it down and pass out, I'm going to hell. It's not going to happen. I'm going to heaven. I'm spending eternity with him. Why don't I do those things? Because I love God more than anything else. I'm so grateful that he saved me. I obey him out of love. I obey him because I love him for what he's done in my life. Not because I'm afraid. I'm there. I'm free. I'm, matter of fact, people who don't know Christ are not free. You're carry, every time you do something, it's another pot rock in your, in your pack that you're carrying around. All the sin and all the guilt and all... It's, I don't carry that around. I laid mine at the cross already. Every time I do something dumb, I, I ask God to forgive me. I lay at the cross. I'm free. I am completely free. There's no bag on my back, no rocks on, no sin on my, on my life. Because every time I do sin, I lay it at the cross. Because I have one who died in my defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I am free. The world says, oh, no, no, you go to church, you're not free at all. You've got to come be with us and do the things. You get, to, you get to eat, drink, and be merry. Okay. Let's just talk about this for a second. You're free to take all the drugs you want to take. And that's because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good for how long? For how long are you taking those drugs to make yourself feel good until you're taking those drugs so that you don't feel bad. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I would think that if you're taking something so you don't feel bad, not to feel miserable, you're enslaved by that. Just me. Same thing with alcohol. I drink. I drink and I drink until... I'm not drinking just to get high, just to get to sleep, just to get, just to get through the whatever. I'm drinking because if I, don't, if, I don't, if, I, if I don't take a drink, this is what I'm doing by like 6 o'clock at night. Seems to me if you have to take a drink in order not to be miserable, you're enslaved by that. So all these things that are saying, come and try and do this, do that, they all basically enslave you. Same thing with sex, okay? I'll look and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll watch and I'll... And you know what happens? And I'm going to be coy here for the younger audience. 
but all of a sudden you can't perform normally anymore. You need something else to perform normally. Because you can't, because your mind has been ruined. All these things, they go like this. Oh, these, you, you need freedom. You're going to have freedom. They all entrap you. They all enslave you. They all enslave you. It's a bunch of baloney. I wish I could use more aggressive words. I really do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a lie. It is such a lie. And I spend my whole life honestly sitting with people, helping them through their lies. The lies that they bought into. I'm free. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm free. I'm free. Satan enslaves you. He lies to you and he enslaves you. Now, how do we fight this mental battle? Two things, two phrases he used here. The first, he says, we take captive. The Greek for captive is basically to conquer. He says, we take captive, we conquer. It means to bring under control. I bring the thoughts under, I conquer them, I bring them under control. That's what it means in the Greek. He says, we, 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 we take every thought captive. We take it captive. And then the second phrase is, we make it obedient. We take that thought captive, we make it obedient. We make it obedient to Jesus Christ. The word obedient literally means bring under submission. So I bring it under control, I make it obedient, I bring it under submission to Christ. So I take that thought, cap- that thought captive, I conquer it, I bring it under control, I bring it under submission to Jesus Christ. That all sounds awesome, doesn't it? Say amen. amen. All right. But I have a little confession here. We're going to have a confession time all the way around. My thoughts don't always obey me, do yours? I want to bring, I'm grabbing, make that thought obedient to Jesus, you know, and, and, and most of the time, yeah, woohoo, you know, praise the Lord. My thoughts don't go along, bummer thoughts. What's wrong with them? They don't go along. They, they kind of go in the opposite direction sometimes. They, they rebel. My mind seems to have a mind of its own. How about yours? Right? It goes the wrong way. You're trying to take it under control. You're trying to bring it under, you know, under submission. And it tries to go the other way. When, my, when, when I want to ponder, my mind wants to wander. Right? <laughs> Amen. When I want to pray, my mind drifts away. I, 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 I am in awe of all of you who can go in your prayer closet and pray for an hour. I'm in awe. I have all kinds of letters. Um, they've never been diagnosed, but I've got all the D's and all whatever, whatever, H-E-A-D-H-D, whatever. I go, I go in my prayer closet, maybe in 10 minutes, I'm like, I got to go to something else because I come back and pray because my mind starts to, my mind just kind of drifts away, right? When I want to pray, my mind drifts away, so I, I got to keep, you know, got to do something else, come back. It's okay. If you can pray for an hour, awesome. If you can pray for 10 minutes, that's fine too, What what he's saying is we need to take those thoughts captive. We need to make them obedient. They're going to drift, but we need to take them captive. We need to take them and make them obedient. He's saying we, we, we have a choice here. What he's saying in this verse is we all have a choice. It is a choice. When that thought comes into your mind, there's a choice that happens in your head, in your mind. You have to make a choice. You make that thought obedient. You choose. Your mind has to listen to you. It has to. You're the only one who can control your mind. You're the only one who can truly control your mind. So he's saying you have a choice. 
God gives you a mind, but he also gives you a will and emotions. We're going to talk about emotions next week. But God gives us a will, and we need to use our will to put our mind in order. Self-discipline. We need to use the discipline that God has given us through the Holy Spirit of God living in us to take control of those things, control our minds, and put our minds in order. The reason that most people fail at life The reason, honestly, actually, basically, the reason that most people don't even enjoy life is because they have never learned, they've never learned how to fight the battle of the mind. We haven't learned it. That's why people are miserable. That's why people don't enjoy life. That's why people aren't successful in life, because they haven't learned to control the battle of the mind. And this is an area every single one of us in this room, from the oldest to the youngest, needs needs to work on. Every single one of us. So as we close here, I have a couple of questions for you. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads. I have a couple of questions that I want you to answer. Please, now, if, you, if, you've, if, you've, if, you've, if your mind has wandered, which would be shocking to me, okay? If your mind has wandered, come on back, okay? You're all back. Everybody's back. You got your mind. Don't, don't, I know you lost an hour of sleep. No excuses. All right? Keep your mind focused. Focus, grasshopper. All right. So for, first, first question, what are some strongholds in your life that you need to demolish? What are they? Remember, a stronghold is a lie that you're choosing to believe. Any lie you choose to believe. Be honest. It's just you and your mind there and God. What are some strongholds in your life? Or what is one stronghold in your life that you need to demolish? What is it? Say it out loud in your mind, if you will. Speak it in your mind. Say it to God. Those thoughts, I'll never amount to anything. You're worthless. Whoever said them, lied. It's a stronghold. You need to demolish it. What is it for you? What lie are you choosing? I could never overcome this addiction. I've tried and I've tried. and I'm a Christian now and I still can't overcome this addiction. I'm never going to overcome this addiction. That is a stronghold. That is a lie. It's going to take you longer. It's going to be a little harder, but you're going to do it. What's a stronghold that you need to demolish? Second, what are some lies that you need to stop believing? What are some specific lies that you keep believing? I know better than God how to make me happy. God can't use me. Those are lies. What are some lies that you're still believing that you need to stop believing? Okay, keep focused. Keep focused. The last question. What are some thoughts that you need to take captive? Maybe you're undisciplined in your mind when it comes to what you're watching, when it comes to what you're listening to. You turn that radio on the car and you like the tune, you listen to it. You don't care what the words are saying, how they're affecting your mind. You turn the TV on, you watch whatever comes on. You don't critically evaluate what's going into your mind. What are some thoughts that you need to take captive? Something comes into your mind. 
Maybe it's a consistent thought that keeps coming into your mind. What do you need to take captive and bring under submission to Christ? Bring under control of Christ. See, now that you've answered those questions, here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit to fighting those thoughts with God's word and prayer. You can't do it alone. Commit to fighting those thoughts with God's word, the word of God, the Bible, and prayer. Commit to a time of prayer in your life. Let's get more specific. Right now, when will you do it? When will you pray? Decide right now. Love you to do it morning, noon, and night. But you know what? Maybe the best time is the morning. You're crazy during the afternoon and at night you're exhausted. Maybe it's the morning for you. When are you going to do that? When are you going to pray that God would help you overcome these struggles that you face? And then I need you to get involved in a Bible study, a men's Bible study, a a women's Bible study, a life group. You say, well, you know, I'm not not a joiner and I don't want to stop it. Try it. Just try it. It's not just about you going to the life group. It's about people needing you there and what you bring. But commit to going to a women's Bible study or a men's Bible study or a life group or something. Don't try to fight this battle alone. Do it through God's word and through prayer and do it with the body of Christ around you. Commit to try it this morning in your mind. Are you going to try to get connected to a Bible study or to a life group? My friends, connect so that you can grow, so that you'll desire to to serve, so that you can change the world. And you change the world by starting with yourself. Do you hear that? Listen to me. I'm not asking you to go to some foreign land. I'm asking you to start changing the world by changing your own mind. God's more interested in changing your mind than he is your circumstances, your situation. Because if he can change your mind, he can change your life. We are in a war for, the, for, the hearts, for our hearts and our minds. And the enemy is going to be relentless in trying to stop us from changing. But change is in the air. Change is coming in your heart. Change is coming to your mind. The battle will be won. It's just a fact waiting to happen. You will overcome. It may take time, but you are going to win this battle. And my friends, when you fall short along the way, listen to me. The Bible says we have one who goes to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. You are not alone. When you fall short, you ask God to forgive you. He forgives you and you move on. Don't fall back. You keep moving forward. As we close, God, I just want to pray that you would move in our minds this week. That you would hold us to our commitments. That we would draw from your power to overcome our struggles. Bind Satan. 
control our old nature to the best of your ability, Lord, and and allowing us to, to do that in our own lives. Please work on our old nature. And please help us to see our culture creeping in to our thoughts and our beliefs. We hand these over to you through the power of your resurrection, the son, your son's resurrection. We hand ourselves, we give ourselves to you. We pray that you would work in us in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. If you would, just stand together if you would as Jen sings this closing song.